Colin Kaepernick, when he kneeled, and some other players who started kneeling with him, those guys took big chances, it felt like, right? Big chances. In the league no more, and you should be in the league. Colin Kaepernick, you mean to tell me, I want you to have these other guys get signed, even as backups. Man, he better than all the backups in the league right now. Let's just be honest. DC, you and me are better than the backups in the league. <laughs> What's up, everybody? We back. Uh, R2C2. Um, we, we still, you know, safe at home. We still quarantine a little bit, huh? We are. We are. I'm proud of New York and the progress we've made here, right? Like, For sure. Um, but, uh, but we are. And, you know, we took, we took last week off. We kind of let our roundtable episode uh, um, sit there for two weeks, which, mm-hmm. you know, there was such great feedback on and, and I think was great. And, and, you know, if we're going to come back after an impactful episode like that, we want to make sure we come back with a, a top-notch A-list guest. And that's who we have today. Definitely. Second time on R2C2, Michael Strahan is with us. Michael, thank you for being with us, man. Well, they said, you know, because of the title, you got to come on twice. So I said, R2C2, okay, I gave you my second time. So I'm here, man. Last time you were on with us was just before the Last Jedi was coming out, and you hooked yep. Cece and I up with, uh, you know, with the family and friends early <laughs> screening. So, you know, did you hear man. the story? Did you hear the story of what happened though? Yeah, you couldn't go. Something, yeah, something happened. Yeah, yeah. I just, he, yeah, I just yeah. kind of ghosted. Yeah, they, they, let's put it this way, Michael. Cece is at his son's game. And I am, um, I, I, I'm online, about to get into the theater. Okay. And I get a I get a text from Cece saying, um, "Oh yeah, man, uh, uh, I'm I'm gonna try and make it. The movie starts in ten minutes. He's still at his son's game. I'm like, what are you? You're not gonna make it. Like, what are you doing, man? I go to him. I say, hey, next time, just tell me. Like, if you're I not completely make it. forgot, like I literally just completely forgot. And I was sitting at my son's game. He was like, hey, you you making it? And I was like. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll try to make it like I'm 45 minutes away. The movie starts in 10 minutes, man. I felt so, so, so bad. But Ryan, you saw it, though. You went. Oh, I yes. went. I went, and it was amazing, and it was such a great experience, and it was a Monday. And what's funny is, like, I then, I, I had an, it was the, it, Michael, it's the only time in my life I flew in day of to an NBA game on ESPN that I had because of something other than another broadcast. I went in day of on Tuesday to Minnesota <laughs> so I could watch the showing Monday night in New York. So well, You know what I would have done? I'll be honest with you. As your boy, I'll give you advice that ever happens again. Because, you know, Disney's real tight, man. I had to give it up, up, damn to give up a newborn or the next newborn for that little <laughs> thing. But you should, you do that again. You should go tell CC the whole movie. Don't even get <laughs> like, oh, You didn't show, I'm going to give you everything. Mess it up for you. And then this what happened. And then this what happened. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I deserve that. That's a great idea, Michael. That That's is. what I'm going to do next time. Man, you know, um, I alluded to to last week's episode, Michael, yeah. and we had a roundtable and we had four of CeCe's close friends, uh, different major leaguers, um, you know, throughout uh, baseball come on. And um, and it was uh, I mean, it was it, it was amazing. And it was uh, it was such just in, incredible conversation. And obviously, you know, this country uh, has has seen, I think, a movement like we have not seen in a long time that has been long overdue. I'm just wondering for you right now where we are now. We're about three weeks removed from the 
you know, horrendous murder of George Floyd. How are you feeling right now, Michael? And where are you at with what you've seen in this country over the last couple of weeks? Well, it's hard to say you feel better. I mean, I feel I, I, I love the response. I love the fact that three weeks later and people haven't forgotten because we've all seen that happen before where something's hot for a minute. The next thing you know, people get occupied with something else. But I, I just know that this is something that, that we still have a long way to go. I don't know if we're going to – the fruits of this will be our kids and then their kids, you know, our grandkids. That what the, that's what the fruits of this will be. But this is also something where we as, as black people can complain and say this is happening and that is happening. But, but until everyone else feels it and everyone else joins in, that's the only way it's going to change. And I think this is the first time that I can remember that everyone else – has joined in to say, yeah, it's not right, you know, and it's not right. And my biggest thing, which I always say, let's not forget, you know, for me being a news business, let's not forget. Let's not forget. Let's not get two weeks down there and then we go back to the coronavirus. Let's not have the elections happen in November and we forget about George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, all, everybody else that has been affected by this, Amartya Arbery, like all these lies, man, and we can see it. We see it. So there is no, well, this is what happened. You see it. So if that doesn't affect you and make you want to create change that is lasting and, and, and stick with this, then I don't know what else will. But this is given a platform, you know, to, to so many people. And on the celebrity side, I mean, when you're, when you're um, in the businesses that we are, sometimes you have an opinion, but you're not really allowed to share your opinion. But I think with, with the way that this happened, people were just fed up with that. And it's like, I don't care what anybody said. I'm going to speak my piece and let that be what it may. And then I'm going to continue to speak my piece. I think it's given you a level of, um, of support for everyone. Everyone can say what their truth is and everyone can respect that. And not everyone's going to like it. But reality, it is what it is. We all have had our different experiences, some good, some bad. And I just want to see the good that, that can come out of something that's been so freaking bad, not just in the last three weeks, but something that's been bad for black people for 400 plus years. And hopefully this is the catalyst. Yeah, I think the biggest I mean, the biggest thing, like you said, is like everybody's feeling this, you know, like I went out and protested yeah. and, you know, it's, it's every race is out there. And, you know, to, to kind of still see videos of stuff happening, like we just saw the video of what happened in Atlanta at the Wendy's and like, you know, the old man get pushed down. I think that. You know, this is a moment when, you know, people can really stand up, voice their opinion, and, and hopefully yeah. we can get some change. And like you said, you know, our kids, like, <clears throat> I just felt weird, like, not weird, but I just felt, like, sad for my kids that, you know, my nine-year-old's yeah. out here protesting uh, police brutality, and that's the same thing my grandfather. And they're, you know what I'm saying? Like, we still mm -hmm. fighting for the, for the same smallest thing. Like, it's, it's incredible, but I think hopefully this time, you know, uh, some change to come out of this, some some kind of reform, some different laws, and you know that can help you know not only the black community but just you know people in general, just the community. But I but I think this has been something that reaches far beyond okay, just police brutality, which is an issue and a problem. I think this has also reached into boardrooms and and in positions where people make decisions. You mm -hmm. cannot um, get past some systematic you know racism. You're not going to get past. Uh, the finances that, you know, that, 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 that the, the African-Americans, the, the black people are able to have access to and decision making power that we're able to have access to. If you don't have people who look like you in those positions, who can make those decisions. But I think this has woken up and hopefully it wakes up these boardrooms 
But the boardroom can only do so much. You need people who are in these jobs every day, executives in these jobs every day who can make decisions that are minorities. Mm-hmm. Every boardroom can't look the same and you expect that it's going to change the opinion or change the way that these companies operate. A lot, uh, we all know, will get on board because it's the hot thing to do right now. And if you don't, then you're more looked at suspiciously or you're going to, you know, you're going to get canceled before. Um, and, 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 and instead of doing it, I hope they really mean it. I mean, yeah. that's the thing. I hope they really mean it. But this is an opportunity for us to make changes, not just in the, in the police force, but also in the, in the boardrooms and in these positions of power within these organizations that make decisions that, that really can bring up the, that can help us not only with, you know, the, the systematic um, racism that goes on, but also with the disparity of wealth. You know, disparity of wealth is another big problem in this country because that affects your wealth is your health. And, and when you look at COVID-19, who's really affected the most? The yeah. poor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So everything kind of goes hand in hand. Everything really connects when you really, when you really look at it, man. And, and you're right. This is the same thing. Your grandfather, your father, my father, grandfather, everybody's fighting for it. We're still fighting for it today with our kids. And it's, 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 I'm not going to say it's fair because life isn't fair. But we have a chance to make a big difference right now. Living with chronic pain is the worst. It's more than a feeling of discomfort. It can affect your whole life. Many of our listeners probably have some type of pain that has prevented them from relaxing, sleeping, or even stopped them from exercising. See, I know you've dealt with chronic pain, knees, shoulder, a little bit of everything, yeah, right? Everything, man. And, and now that I'm, you know, in the gym lifting all the time, it's elbows, knees, it's ankles, it's everything. Well, good thing for you and for our listeners. Enter Omax Health. If you're looking to get rid of nagging muscle and joint pain immediately while providing long-lasting recovery, then you need to try the natural breakthrough pain relief solution, CryoFreeze CBD Roll-On developed by Omax Health. This non-prescription, triple-action pain relief roll-on is specially formulated to block pain receptors, reduce inflammation, and improve muscle and joint flexibility. Simply roll it over where it hurts and ice out the pain. The best part? This 100% natural CBD-powered remedy works its magic within 10 minutes of application, and relief lasts up to 8 hours, much longer than over-the-counter products. See, I tell you all the time, before I hop on the Peloton, I got my little lower right back that bothers me, boom. I take out the cryo-free CBD roll-on, I'm good to go, man. It's perfect. Yeah, I I like to roll it on like at at the end of the day. Like at at night, you know, lay down, put it on, and you know, all the places that's aching, and then, you know, lay down and take a nap, go to sleep. Wake up fresh then, I like that. Anyone can benefit from this immediate pain relief Omax Health is offering our listeners 20% off a full bottle of cryo-free CBD pain relief roll-on plus free shipping. This discount also applies towards any product site-wide. Just go to omaxhealth.com today and enter code R2C2. That's O-M-A-X health.com and enter code R2C2 to get 20% off cryo-freeze and site-wide. You know, Michael, you've you've made so many, I think, uh, poignant remarks throughout this time that have really resonated, you know, whether it was on GMA or your social media. And I thought one of the videos you did recently where you were you kind of did like a five and a half minute rip about how you're feeling about everything. And you said, I'm angry, but I know I can't be too angry. And 
and I just thought that was such, I mean, yeah. you know, for some people who they don't understand that plight, right? Just that, just the fact that like, you yeah. feel like you can't. And I was wondering if you could just maybe further elaborate on that for our audience. What you, what you mean when you say that, because I'm sure there are people who don't understand, you know, you can be angry, but not be too angry. Oh, well, not be too angry. Well, you know, for instance, I mean, I come from a, a, a football, right. And everybody thinks that football players are angry, aggressive people. And we go out in society and we're, we just want to rip people's heads off. That's not right at all. That's what I did for a living because I like getting that check. And I was good <laughs> at it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I was good at it. I enjoyed it. But football for me wasn't about aggression. It was about competition. That's what that was. So, but you get this, there's a stereotype, right? And how many times, CC, somebody doesn't know who you are. And I see people don't know who I am. But because I'm a big black guy, and I get in an elevator or I'm in my car, somebody sees me at the car, oh, you must be an athlete. Mm -hmm. You must be. We are so, you know, predisposed in most people's minds to being an athlete more than we can be somebody who has a great job of doing something that requires intellect more so than your physical being. But our physical being scares people. So I've, I've just, you know, I've said, I, I've been in just meetings and situations where I'm watching people get upset. They're standing up, they're hollering, they're screaming, they're sitting down, standing up, hollering, screaming, sitting down. And at me in a point where if, and, and I'm sitting there going, and talking very calmly, making sure I'm sit, sitting because I realize as a black man, if I scream, that's one thing. They go, that's going to scare them. If I stand up, that's going to, they're going to think all of a sudden it's over. Yeah. So we, I, I've had to learn, which ain't happening no more, that I'm going to sit there and have somebody else have the liberty and the freedom to do those things. And I got to sit there and basically breathe, control my temper, and make sure that I sit when someone else is out of control. And even if I stood up and say, could you please stop yelling? That would make them feel like, oh, if I don't stop yelling, it's going to get aggressive. Not aggressive people. We're human beings just like you. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I'm in here just trying to get respect. Just like you yelling at me is not showing me respect. Me yelling at you will not show you any respect. And, and I'm like one of these things. What's that, what's that saying? If you see two people arguing from a distance, you don't know which you one know, is right, which one yeah. is wrong, which one's the fool. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, that that's kind of the mentality I'm, I that that I'm trying to adopt. But at the same time, I'm not going to be disrespected, man. And before, I think we've had to kind of take some disrespect. It's a whole different ball game, and if somebody else stands up, that's what we was going back. We talked about that on a podcast two weeks ago. Non-threatening. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you, you have to make yeah. yourself. You also have to de you almost have to de-arm their stereotype. You know what I'm saying? So exactly. whatever they think you're gonna do, you have to do the exact opposite of that. You know what I'm saying? So and, and that makes it hard sometimes as a human, not just as a big six, seven, you know, black dude that played football, big black dude that played baseball. That that has nothing to do with it. It's just you have to, as a human, we get upset just like everybody else. So yeah. you wanna be able to react in that way too, but you know, sometimes you can't. Yeah, there are different types of reactions. There's a the football reaction if you wanna get it. <laughs> that, one, <laughs> that one you don't want to get. Once yeah. we get there, hey, hey, there may be some problems. But until then, man, yeah, we, we just. Um, I think we, you know, you just want to be respected and you want to be seen and you want to be heard. That's it. We're no different than anybody else, you know. And you know, just so much controversy, man. I, I read something the other day. I think Snoop posted it. Uh, you know about changing the, all the. Um, all these statues and mm -hmm. these, these things that they're fighting to keep up and do all these things. And he said, okay, 
if I took your child and I sold them, where do you want me to put the statue? <laughs> Think about that way. You got to learn to put yourself in other people's shoes. You got to learn to put yourself in other people's shoes. And, and, you know, and it's not that black people are the only ones who are suppressed or oppressed. Um, it, it's, it's a, so many minorities that are. And it's not to make anybody white feel bad. I got white friends. I love them to death. Like my brothers, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Closer to me than, 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 than most. But I, I just think, but you just got to have an understanding that the world is a, it's a worldview. I didn't grow up necessarily in one community here in the U.S. I grew up in Germany. I grew up in Houston. I grew up in New York. I grew up in Maryland, North Carolina, all over the place. So I had a chance to see people for people. But also, I've had the chance to see people treat people like they're not people and not have respect for people. Um, I said some recently where I've seen my dad get treated with more respect in a foreign country growing up overseas than I've seen him get treated in his own country. That ain't right, man. That's not right. <clears throat> it's interesting, Michael. You bring that up in Germany. And we had Edwin Jackson on as part of our uh, roundtable two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And he, he grew up in Germany for a period of time. And, and he said very similar things, you know. And, and I think... Um, you know, one of the um, interesting parts of, of kind of some of the stuff um, on your social media that you've talked about is you, you told a story recently about getting pulled over doing oh, nothing, man. you know, nothing. I mean, and, nothing. And, and and I think it, I think it's it's just crazy. It's, you know, what you were just describing in this for so many people like, you know, they've had our head in the sands about how often this happens. Right. Like it's crazy mm-hmm. that Cece was talking about teaching his son to drive now and how he has to talk to him about now remember if you get pulled over this is what you have to do more so than hey this is how you turn this is how you parallel park or whatever that becomes the bigger worry which is terrible and it shouldn't be that way obviously and michael i I just wonder you know you know how many times have you come across circumstances like that in your life you know like the story you told where hey you were just driving you get pulled over doing absolutely nothing then all of a sudden they see, oh, it's Michael Stray, and oh, Michael, you know, can I have your autograph or, or, or those sort of things? That's one of many, man. I mean, I've been pulled over so much for nothing. And the crazy thing is, I, I, I love cars, man. I collect cars. I drive fast. I, I you know, <laughs> most of the time. But nothing, nobody gets me when I'm driving fast. It's when I'm actually just like, doing nothing, just cruising in traffic. And you want to pull me over for what, man? Like I'm chilling. This is the one. I almost want to say, yo. Dude, I ain't doing nothing this time. You should have saw me like last night or yesterday, Man. something like that. But, but it's, it's, I think, I don't know many people who can't have a story about, who don't have a story about being pulled over. And I've been pulled over in different circumstances. I've had cops who've gotten aggressive. I remember years ago, man, I had 1995 or six. I had one of those new, I had a uh, Toyota Supra Turbo back in the day, the big spoil on the back. Oh, yeah, so you, oh, was, you was really driving fast in that oh. shit, huh? <laughs> no, but see, see, this was the thing, right? So I was living in Jersey. I was in the city having dinner with my friend who lives here. Instead of going through the Lincoln Tunnel, they had shut the tunnel down. So I, and I was like, I might as well wait. I might as well go over the bridge so I can at least keep moving. It's fine. Not driving fast and rush to get nowhere. I get on the George Washington Bridge. I see the cop behind like sitting at the meat, like the little divider there. Yeah. Get on the bridge. I'm not even speeding. And I actually set my cruise control at the speed limit. I watch a town car fly by me. I watch another car fly by me. And what happened? <laughs> Pulls me over. <laughs> All right, man. Okay. I my driver's license registration. And, and he tried to say I was going two or three miles per hour over the speed limit. 
I said, you know, Mr. Officer, I, I set. I saw you when I pulled on. I set my 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 cruise control. So I know I wasn't speeding. And I said, but I did watch a town car and I watched another Toyota Camry fly by me. He goes, that's them. Don't worry about them. Worry about yourself. I'm like, oh, okay, all right. And at that point, he, he we it just got a little contentious. I basically told him, you're gonna give me a ticket. Give me the ticket. Hurry up because I need to get home. At this point, you you've made your mind up. And so I do go to court and this guy actually did a, he was in the newspaper because he talked to reporters when I went to court for it. And he saw about, oh yeah, you know, I pulled over Chris Rock's wife and I just pulled over Patrick Ewing's wife. Like he is literally running your plates, looking at you and calling you out. And I'm like, and they're giving you tickets for, for BS. Yeah. I'm like, dude, you know what? I, if I'm wrong, I can take it. I'm, I'm, I'm a grown ass man. If I'm wrong for anything. I can take it. But if I'm not, just don't do that. But you have the cops who do just to antagonize talk to you like you're nothing. But then you have the ones who pull you over and all of a sudden the guy pulled me over a few weeks ago for nothing. I'm in traffic. I, I'm not speeding. Pulled me over. Um, what you pull me over for? Come at the point now. I just say, what'd you pull me over for? Yeah. And I'm kind of pissed. Now I got to put a mask on in the car. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, dude. He said, oh, oh my God. Oh my God, Michael. Oh my God, Michael. Uh, you're my favorite. You're my favorite player ever. I used, to, I used to try to trick or treat by your house so I can hopefully see you and meet you when I was a kid. You know, I, I, be safe. Oh. That's more annoying, though. Like, like, and I, but when they do that, like, hey, you're my favorite, blah, blah, blah. You know, I want to still know what, what the fuck you pulled me over What did for? I do? What did I do before you figured out it was me that you pulled me over? Because if it wasn't me, this would have went a different way. You know what if I'm saying? It like, me in this nice car. That and you couldn't tell if you couldn't tell who it was when I went by. Except when you saw that I, I was of a uh, you know darker you know persuasion, then um, I, I'm pretty sure that has some factor in it. But just to see, you know, I'm watching so many. I've seen so many videos when they you know people get in the car, they're getting approached, and the guns are out. Yeah, like give me the same respect you're gonna give me. And I understand being a cop. I wouldn't. I couldn't be a cop, man. It's such a hard job because. You go into a situation not really knowing how the other person is going to react. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other person, in a sense, a lot of times has an idea about how they're willing to react. So you go in, you do go in blindly. And, and that's a scary thing. But if you're going to go in in certain situ- in, in certain way, go like that with everybody. With everybody. You know? If you're going to be aggressive, thing, be aggressive with everybody. Yeah. And I get pissed off, man. You know, Dylan Roof, shout out to church. And they take him to Burger King because he was hungry yeah. before they took him to jail. For shooting up people, you peacefully, and you got somebody selling cigarettes, Eric Garner. Come on, man. Single, you know, come on, man. You, you, for what? Like, we understand your cops and we have to respect that authority. But when you start doing so much disrespectful thing, I think that's why when people see cops, there's this thing about being uptight. I get uptight when I see a, a, a cop. And, and a lot of my friends are cops. Guys who work with me and for me are cops. Yeah. And they're great guys, man. But me driving in a car and seeing a cop car, I'm like, okay, it's good being, I could get pulled over for nothing. Let's see what happens. And then you got to make sure you, you know, you know, be respectful. You don't, yeah. you don't, I, I so I always say, I want to, I want to report the news. I don't want to be the news.
All right, see, fill in the blank. By the time they turn 35, two out of three men will experience what? Hair loss. Yeah! I mean, not that it's something to be excited about, but the answer is, <laughs> Because correct. both of us had no fucking hair by the time we were 35. Exactly. And, and now I really, really, really don't. And I'm 33. So by the time they turn 35, two out of three men will indeed experience male pattern baldness. Um, you know, see, me and you, we've both been there. We both are there, right? We know what we're, it's like. Yeah, I've been there. I, I, and I had to cut it all off. So I'm there. Yeah. The good news with today's advancements in science Keeps offers proven treatments that can combat the symptoms of hair loss at half the cost of your local pharmacy. You don't have to go broke to avoid going bald. Me and you should have been on this earlier, man. We, man, we really I wish should. I would have known about all of this stuff way, way before <laughs> I, I started getting these bald patterns. <laughs> <laughs> because prevention is key and Keeps treatments, they really do work. They're up to 90% effective at reducing and stopping further hair loss. And thanks to Keeps, you no longer have to go to the doctor's office for your hair loss prescription. Now you can visit a doctor online, get your hair loss medication delivered to your home, find out why Keeps has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors. For a limited time, you can get your first month for free. If you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com R2C2 to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com R2C2. All of sports may be benched, but The Athletic is still coming out with incredible sports stories. Sometimes falling into a great sports story and losing track of time is exactly what you need. With The Athletic, you'll get full, exclusive access to all sports, teams, cities, top local and national sports writers. You can even customize and choose the content you care about. No ads, no clickbait, just good content. See, I know you're a big fan of The Athletic. I am. You know, everything that you just said, you can customize, you know, what you want to see um, on the app. You you know, there's no ads. Um, you know, you get so many local reporters that, that tell just great stories, you know, insight that fans want to hear. Um, so it, it's just a great app. The Athletic is your one-stop shop for passionate sports fans. And right now, The Athletic is offering new customers 40% off a one-week free trial. 40% off plus a one-week free trial. That's what The Athletic is offering. Let me get that right. The Athletic is offering new customers 40% off plus a one-week free trial. To take advantage of this offer, visit theathletic.com slash R2C2. Once again, to get started with 40% off plus a one-week free trial of The Athletic and their complete library of written audio and video content, go to theathletic.com slash R2C2. Michael, what what have the, the conversations been like with your your good friends who are cops over the last few weeks. You know, I I think they understand that. I mean, I, you know, they, it's interesting because when you're around them as much as I am, and one of them I'm around every day because he's my, my driver. And um, this couldn't be a nicer, more normal guy, but I think that they all understand what's going on because I've heard them say, tell me stories of things like this that have happened that they don't necessarily agree with. But how in the world can you really? You're you're like you're like a minnow in a in a in a tank with sharks. What are you gonna say? What you gonna do? And there's a there's a guy in in California, police officer Ryan, and um, let's say Ryan, Ryan, and we're we're actually working on something a show with him. And this guy, he's thirty something years old, hated cops growing up, but now he's a cop. His kid, his son wants to be a cop. 
he has made it his life mission to battle bad cops while being a cop. And this wow. is a real deal. I mean, this is like, you can imagine how scary that is for this guy to go to work every day knowing that, you know, there are going to be some cops who aren't going to be happy that he's there. And so, but he said, hey, I got to make this change because my cops, my son said he wants to be like me and he wants to be a cop. I want to make it so that my son can come into something that's, that's better. And I was watching that thing, Let, Let It Burn on mm-hmm. ABC last night. Woof! About LA and the riots and all that. Man, that got so heavy with what was going on and seeing some of the things that the police force and how they were trained and some of the things that they were doing and choking guys out and that you, you, can, you can see that the change that is needed, man. So I just think it's a tough thing to be a cop. I really do believe that. I know it is. But there's still a right way and wrong way to do everything. And if you're going to do your job, be the best at it, best at it. And I believe that you've got to bring the communities together. You've got to make people respect you in that uniform, but not through violence and not through fear, but through communication and understanding. And that may be easier said than done, but hopefully at some point we can get to that point. Michael, I guess... Um before we transition to some uh, football stuff and COVID stuff, just, you know, you, you're one of uh, the biggest TV stars we have in the, in this country. I mean, you're on, if you think Man, about you it, you need to get no, another no. TV, man. Hey, hey, <laughs> you on our TV see, every day, though. See, yeah, come on. See, see, I'm not blowing smoke no, right he's now. Not, like, he's a, not. Think about he's what not. you got with GMA and SSK. And then also what you do with Fox and NFL and I'm wondering, just and you kind of alluded to this earlier, but just in the aftermath of what happened with George Floyd, have you noticed a difference in the way your producers, executives, etc., handle kind of the makeup of the show? When you guys are going in and and the way this material might have been looked at right in the past compared to the way it is now? Because I'll tell you, just from an NBA on ESPN standpoint, I've already yeah. seen where we went from, hey, you know, we kind of focus on documenting the game for the most part, right? And that's our focus. And we don't steer into, hey, you know, you better believe we're going to be at the forefront of this. This is this is different. It's time we all woke up. Like, we can't just document the game. Have you, have you noticed a, a, a palpable shift as far as, like, you know, just planning out your guys' shows goes? Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I think they have been put on alert that you have to be more aware of your viewer. Your viewer is is the country. Hmm. Your viewer is not one demographic. And mm-hmm. people at this point, like I said, you have more people paying, paying attention to this from other races than we've ever had before. And whenever you do that, it's going to make them have to make a change. And I think they, they've done that. I mean, you can definitely see some of the changes that they've been making, but there's still a lot of changes to be made as far as um, voices in the room when it comes to having um, uh, producers having executives in these rooms who say, these are the stories we have to tell. Not someone who's never had the experience to try to tell somebody who has had it about the experience Mm -hmm. or leaving you there to figure out what you can and can't say about your experiences. Because doing the news is tough, man. The toughest thing about doing the news is to look at things that you know are wrong, systematically, uh, ethically, and yet you got to tell this story without really having an opinion. So, to do the do do the news through all the COVID, to do the news to George Floyd and Ahmaud Arbery and all this, it's tough because you sit there and you go, that's just flat out wrong. I have so much I want to say, but yet I can't really have an opinion. I got to let, let people figure the story out for themselves and form their own. And But I think that's going to change. I think that has changed a lot too. I think it's opened up the door to you to have more of an opinion on things that are right and wrong. 
but I do think it's going to have to change still a lot of ways behind the scenes. That's where the real work gets done. By the time it gets to what's on camera, that's been vetted by so many people that we need people behind the scenes who are making sure that what is vetted is vetted in the right way and is vetted that has the voice of the people who are really affecting. So I think we're definitely going to see that. I think as far as like sports and NFL, the biggest thing, Colin Kaepernick, when he kneeled, um, Eric Reed went and kneeled with him. And some other players who started kneeling with him. Those guys took big chances, it felt like, right? Big chances. Big chances. Because as we see what happened with Colin, in the league no more, and you should be in the league. Colin Kaepernick, you mean to tell me, I'm watching half these other guys get signed, even as backups. Man, he better than all the backups in the league right now. Let's just be honest. He you really and me is. are better than the backups. <laughs> <laughs> you and me could outplay some of these backups in the league. Yeah, and I yeah. just look and I go to myself, how do you sit here and say the guy's not good enough? That's ridiculous. Just admit what it is. Admit what it is. That's what I would like to say. Admit what it is. This guy is good enough. You just don't want him on your team because you maybe feel like it brings a distraction that you can't handle, bring more attention than you're comfortable with that is tension that's off the field of football. But just admit those things. Don't lie and say the guy can't play football anymore. We you know, know what? That. Now I feel like the team that signs him can like somebody can rally, really rally behind him Thank now. You. I feel like he's a I bigger agree. commodity now that with everything that's going on and the guys wanting change and everybody, you know, players making videos, the NFL guys made a video. That's what did it. The MLB guys made a video like uh-huh. guys want him on their team. You know what I'm saying? So I think, you know, it can change the culture of your squad. Like, say, if he signs in Seattle with Pete Carroll up there and, you know, they get rolling. Yeah. Like, I think it, it can really like it at this point, it can really change the clubhouse in a good way. When when everybody thought it would be it would be bad for their locker room, you know? I agree 100%. I agree 100%. And like when he took the knee and the other Eric and all these guys took knees, that was that was really risky. But now to see Mahomes, to see Odell, you know, to, to see all these big stars put out this video that was a rogue video from an employee at the NFL who does yeah. social media, who hit him up on the side and put that out and then have the NFL respond in the way they, had, they did because they had to. Mm-hmm. And the players have more power. Um, I just, I just, I hate when, when there's something like this, and hopefully we don't see it anymore. Even though you do, do see some people talking about it on TV, um, yeah, I can't understand how they can go home and sleep at night. But when you have athletes who speak out and they go, "Okay, you should just, just do this. Just go play your sport and shut up." Mm-hmm. But you know, don't use your social media for that. You know, blah blah blah. But when there's a tragedy and the athlete raises a lot of money for something, no, you know, they can talk about that, but you can't talk about this tragedy. You can only use your social media for what they deem you should use it for. Mm-hmm. And that's another, that's another um, a, 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 a way of trying to oppress people too. Use your social media in the way you see fit. And I looked at your in social media as a way of changing people's lives. And these guys are changing lives for the better. So you can't have it both ways. You can't have a guy who can get on social media and say things so that he can raise money for charity. But then when he says things to raise awareness for something that is saving some lives, you tell him just shut up because you don't like that narrative because it goes against what your narrative is, and which is divisiveness. So um, I love what the players did, man. I really do. I think it's good to see everybody in every sport in Europe. In Europe, soccer in league. Europe, yeah, they wear Lives Black Lives Matter. Matter. Yeah, that's huge. And that people was huge. forget because soccer is not the biggest sport here. 
But though what though I grew up in Germany, man, what those guys go through over there in Europe when you can when I'm over overseas, you see the news where you know the bananas and the call yeah. monkeys and they're hanging. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, they, they get it way worse. We get the N word in worse. Boston. What you know what I'm saying? Like they get yeah. it everywhere. Like talking to Rome Lukaku and, and just hearing some of the stories about I mean, I couldn't I, I couldn't imagine somebody throwing a, a banana on the field while I'm playing. I'm walking off. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like that's yeah. just the craziest shit. So to see them have Black Lives Matter, you know, jerseys on the other day, like that was huge. I, I mean, I think, yeah. you know, it's great that every sport is able to speak up, but it started with the NFL guys making that video. But it's been crazy because this has been a worldwide movement. That's blown me away too. I have a yeah. friend of mine who lived in, in um, he lived in Japan now and he sent me um, a thing from Black Lives Matter um, rally they had in Japan. Yeah. Like worldwide, man. I, it's a, the momentum is amazing. We just got to keep it going. Michael, you think someone signs Kaepernick now? I think I, I think so, man. I mean, the guy is too talented to be sitting at home. I think now, why wouldn't you? I agree with CC. Yeah, you sign Kaepernick. I think that enhances and, and 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 builds your fan base and makes your team. It makes your team better, first of all, because the guy can play. Secondly, it makes your team better in just the case of people who care about other people, care about you know, making sure that people are treated right in this world when it comes to race. So. I think it's a win for whatever team has the kahunas to to sign the guy. Should have been signed years ago, to be honest with you. Yeah, I got, I got a question. I'll, you don't have to answer if you don't want. But I, I was just like, you think the message that Goodell sent when he apologized, you think the owners were signed off on that? You think they were fine with that? Because nobody's really stepped up and said anything since he kind of made that apology, which sounded like to me it made it seem like it's cool for teams to sign Kaepernick is what, that, what I got out of that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he, then he, he didn't he, say yeah, his he, name, but, you know, he – he basically apologized to the guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. I wish he would have said his name. I wish. I, wish. I mean, that would have that would have put a cap on it. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, if he had said his name, I, they had this. The ESPN just had this big thing with seven. All the all the all the commissioners yeah. from all the different leagues, and he said, "Yeah, he he hopes the team signs him." So I think the door has been open. I gotta say though, it has been a little disappointing to me because you've had so many owners who are who are. Big proponents to speak up when it goes, don't kneel, don't do these things. We're going to find you. We're going to do this. And they're the most powerful guys in this league. They don't mind getting in front of the camera to show their face when the team is winning or to talk about their teams. But now you have something that's affecting their teams and their team and their players' families because most of these teams are African-American or Mm -hmm. black. Speak up. Speak up. But the only way it's going to happen, it seems, is if the players demand it. Because these owners, though, I understand it's a business, but they are so afraid of, of pissing off part of their fan base and losing that fan base. And I, 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 at the same time, I feel if you're inclusive, you build your fan base. You build a fan base. You build your fan base. Because I don't want an owner who I feel is, dis- is discriminatory against anybody. I'm not going to support that team. And I look. I was looking at a list the other day of all the top owners, and you know, and I'm just looking at a lot of them going, "Where you? Where's your voice that you don't mind using when it's convenient for you?" But now you think you may lose a few bucks. In my opinion, you end up making more money. Um, where's your voice? Use it. Yeah. Oh, and CJ, I don't mind talking about the owners. They, I don't, I don't, I don't work for them no more. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
What interferes with your happiness? Is something preventing you from achieving your goals? See, you and I both know when the mind's not right, it's hard to be happy. It's hard to achieve your goals, right? Yeah, nah, no doubt. Mental health is a, is a real thing. So, um, you know, that's always something that I'm always checking. I know, you know, that's something that people should always be aware of and, and checking, you know, how they're feeling and, and, you know, dealing with those emotions. And it's something obviously incredibly relevant right now. And BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You'll connect in a safe and private online environment, and you can start communicating in under 24 hours. Send a message to your counselor anytime, and you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you could schedule weekly video or phone sessions. It's so convenient, and it's more affordable than traditional offline counseling. With BetterHelp, you'll get access to licensed professionals who are specialized in areas such as depression and anxiety, stress, relationships, grief, and more. We want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com R2C2. Join over 800,000 people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com R2C2. Listen up, fellas, because today we have a new Manscaped product alert. Manscaped just released the Weed Whacker Nose and Air Hair Trimmer. Take a look in the mirror, and I guarantee you'll see hairs sticking out of those holes. It's time to keep your ear and nose hair looking as nice as your clean-shaven down regions. Hey, see, hey, do- Manscaped keeps us just, just fresh to death. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, whatever, whatever you need, they, they, they do a really good job of making sure that there's no extra hair anywhere. You know what's funny? I kid you not. Literally the other day I was looking at my ear and I was like, wow, I got some like hair growing on the outside there. And I was like, my nose hair needs a trimming. And I had like this old one of these that I use. And I'm like, like, you know, and literally that day, the new uh, weed whacker for the nose and air hair trimmer comes in from Manscaped. I'm like, how great is this, (laughs) man? Like, we're not just saying they really do keep us fresh. They keep you fresh, bro. I'm telling you. It's amazing. Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with their weed whacker. This nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin safe technology, which helps prevent nicks, snags and tugs in those delicate holes. It's intelligently contoured design enhances the trimming experience and it is waterproof, which makes it easy for operation and for cleaning. Manscaped is making whacking your weeds a time to look forward to, delivering maximum confidence while providing hygiene. And don't we all want to look forward to whacking our weeds, see? Man, I mean, (laughs) I look forward to these reads, bro. This is like (laughs) the highlight of the podcast. Look, fellas, 79% of partners polled admitted that long nose hair is a major turnoff. It's time (laughs) to upgrade your Manscaped routine with the Weed Whacker, get 20% off and free shipping with the code R2C2 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code R2C2. I mean, what are you waiting for? Go whack your weeds. We'll take you to a different football um, issue then, Michael. Uh, COVID-19. And now, uh, you know, we'll see how the NFL season uh, progresses and whatever. But just as a player, if you were going in and, you know, um, Let's say you're going into camp at the end of July. Are you, if you were getting ready, are you totally comfortable? Are you having any reservations? Where would you be at right now, just as far as the, you know, the pandemic aspect of things go? I'll be honest with you. I don't think anybody of any sport of any type is comfortable. No. Guys will do it. 
some guys really want to play and they're willing to take the chance, but you're not completely comfortable. You're just willing to take the chance more than some other guys are. Uh, the pre, pre-existing conditions are another thing. We also don't know, you know, like football, you're going home to your families. You know, how, how does that work? I think those are the, those are the X factors or the outline factors that, that, that just got to be able to figure out. The NBA going back, going to Disney World, isolating, doing certain things together, having the test. Um, all the time to see who's positive and like they they're able to do this condensed season that way but there's no way i don't feel to do a complete nf in nba season at disney world no you know just like the nfl you're flying across the country just so many moving parts and people who work in these organizations and i don't know what other people do when they leave home are they isolate i mean leave work are you isolating i don't know who you're hanging out you could be like one of these people at the bar in jacksonville we got 16 people or just um, the, in that one little group of 16 people who went out who got sick. And then like, that was crazy. Yeah. Working at the place were sick and there's one outing. Yeah. And we see what Zeke and the Cowboys, the Houston Texans, some players tested positive. You're definitely going to have positive tests. I, I'm just curious as to how do you handle that? Because if you have two weeks, you have to do non-positive. You got a clear quarantine. That's two games right there. And what yeah. if you don't? Then you got another game and another game. And that could be your big star player. So um, I want them to play. God knows. I want them to play football. How they're going to do it, I have resigned myself to the fact that it's not my job to figure it out, brother. (laughs) (laughs) If they'll be there, I'll be there, right? Yep, they'll be there, then I'll be there. If they're not, then I won't. The only circumstance I would feel comfortable is under the NBA. Obviously, you couldn't do that for a whole season. But, like, if we were in a bubble at, like, in one spot where, where we're not traveling and every team is there, I would feel a little more better about trying to travel around. Like, like how they would th- thought about doing a baseball season, like having coming up here to New York and then going traveling. Like I would not do that. Like I, yeah. I not at this time, but the only way I, I would feel comfortable is if the, the way that the NBA is doing it with the bubble thing. And baseball going to play, are they going to play baseball CC? What's man, going on, man? I don't think so. It ain't looking too good. I think right now it's already June, what, 15th, 16th while yeah. we're recording this. I mean, you got to, it's a month for spring training. So then that'll be, if 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 they came to agreement today, that's July 15th. You know what I'm saying? And then they don't want to play into November. So how many games is that? You, like, nobody wants to play a 48, 50 game season. Like, baseball don't want to do that. Like, but the I Yankees the guy, got the I heard best. they wanted to play 50. I heard they wanted to play 50 games. That's the, I think MLB wants to do that. I don't think the players want to do that. Oh. I, because you okay. got to think, like, 50 games, anything can happen. Obviously, you know, the Yankees, we got the best roster on paper if you look at it. But mm-hmm. the Blue Jays got a good team. You play 50 games and y'all only playing in the division, they got all them boppers, they got some good arms. Like, you <laughs> might not make the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's a, like 50 games is a real risk for – like for teams to me, you know what I'm saying? It's just too short of a, of a season. And we've so seen teams that get hot later <laughs> on in the season. That just completely eliminates them, man. Yeah, or yeah. T- but the teams that start off hot, it's it's over. That's the season right there. Yeah. 50 games is the right. season. That's the start right. of the season. You think about how many times like you see a, a, a bad baseball team start out April, you know, 20 and 10 or something like that. The Nationals like that, just right? won the World Series yeah. last year. And they were trash until August. Right, exactly, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Good point. Like, yeah, it's, it is crazy, man. I hope, I, I hope they see the long view because I just feel like it would be so damaging to the sport in the long view. Forget your interim losses if you don't figure this out and come to a, a, 
a solution that doesn't feel like a concession or, you know, right. just it's like, okay, late. we'll do this. I know it's, 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 it's too a shame, late, bro. man. It is a shame. Well, you know, but for the most part, it's all a financial decision. You know, yeah. we know that, you know, the owner's trying to get players to take less money. The players are like, well, you guys weren't sharing the gate and the concessions with us before. We weren't partners before. Why are we partners now? Man, we wasn't never getting you know, the game. It's, you know, it's all, it's all about, you know, it's finances. It's finances, man. But at the more so than finances now, it's about safety, too. So, yeah, like I said, we can sit here and debate it. It ain't our job to figure it out. If, they, if they'll be there, I'll be there. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. I, I got it. I just got to ask you two quarterback ones. Daniel Jones, what do you think of him? And Brady in Tampa, how, how do you like the fit? Well, I tell you this, man, I love – Daniel Jones surprised me. I, when they picked him, I said, man, they pick – who is this guy? Why they pick him the sixth pick or whatever, fifth, sixth pick? Oh, my. Who is this guy? But coming into New York and playing is tough at, at any first, second, third year, whatever. He came in. I thought he did an admirable job last year. Uh, I think if you protect this guy, he seems to have the right temperament and personality. And just getting a chance to play with Eli, I think it's going to help him because I know Eli is not a selfish guy. The whole thing he's going to he really helped the kid out. And I think honestly, bringing Jason Garrett in, who was a quarterback who played here in New York, played with me in New York with the Cowboys as the head coach, and has been around coaches his whole—I mean, um, coaching his whole life and football his whole life—I think Jason's going to be a good addition to kind of get Daniel in the groove of, of what he needs to do. But I think the kid is talented, man. I'm looking forward to it. And they seem to be trying to build an offense around him. Defense, I, I would like to see us get some more impact players. But, you know, draft is over. Lost our guy Simmons. I won it from Clemson. Oh. So, oh, you know, yeah, that's, that's done. And, um, and Tom, I talked to Tom, man. I talked to Tom the other day. And I just got to say, I'm glad his football game is better than his golf game, as we saw. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and you know what, though? I was so happy to see that because – He's so good that, like, he's so good at everything. You, he, I was like, yeah. yeah, he's normal just like us. Like, he fucking sucks at golf. Like, this is perfect. Like, I was and I love you know, that. I love him, man. I love the dude. He's a great, he's a great friend. We're business partners, man. And, and I saw him in Miami for the Super Bowl. <laughs> and I wouldn't have been so happy, CC, because my boy, but I wouldn't have been so happy if he wasn't talking so much smack. <laughs> like, we at this party. Just have to He's like, yeah, no, golf. He's just talking crazy to me about golf. Oh, I hit him up, and I was in Florida for two weeks, and I said, hey, I'm coming down, be near Tampa, I'm going to hit you up to play golf, and my, oh, yeah, you know I work out in the morning, <laughs> I'm like, yes, folks. so I saw that he was working out Shadur, Deion Sanders' son, on Saturday, and I was playing, you know, near him on Saturday, and I said, hey, I'm glad, to, good to see you working out with Shadur, man, I'll hit you up next time I'm down here. Because I know you didn't want to get that ass tapped. But, uh, you know, <laughs> he didn't want none on the golf course. Man, the game is tight. Oh, man. That's great. Yeah. I love it. I love oh, it. He's going to do well. He's going to do well. I think having Gronk there is a good safety blanket, even though he has two other um, really talented tight ends. The receivers, fantastic. Um, they got a great defense. So I, I, the Bucs could make some noise. You just got in, you have New Orleans, which is going to mm-hmm. be tough. Um, Carolina's kind of rebuilding. I love Teddy Bridgewater there. And uh, Atlanta Falcons, you never know what you're going to get. They're here one year, they're there the next. This week they look great. Next week they don't. So I, I think in that division, the Bucs could, could, could win it. They just got to get past the Saints, in my opinion. That's gonna be they got to get, get past the Saints. Yeah. Well, Michael, uh, 
I do also want to ask you about this. MSX by Michael Strahan for the NFL. All right, we we know you got we know you got the one thousand dollar pyramid game show. Hundred thousand. Hundred thousand. What did I say? People Jeez. ain't, people ain't coming in there for a thousand dollars. For a thousand dollars. Inflation, brother. It was, <laughs> it was ten thousand back when Dick Clark did it in the seventies. Yeah. I, mean, I meant a hundred thousand. Do forgive <laughs> So you got a hundred thousand. You got uh, you got the talent agency SMAC. You obviously do GMA and SSK on ABC. We know you know your NFL on Fox stuff. But now you're in the clothing business too here with MSX by Michael Strand. Tell us about kind of kind of this project and and you know tell us a little more about it. Well, it's crazy because years ago I started the suit line, so collection yeah. by Michael Strand. We did really we've been doing it, continue to do really well. Then we did an athleisure line, MSX, and last year we teamed up with G3 and the NFL, and we did a capsule collection for the Super Bowl. Capsule collection sold out, did extremely well. So now. In the fall, we are having uh, a collection of all 32 teams. You can go to msxbymichaelstrahan.com, check it out, pick yourself up some stuff for your team, and also going to be in select team team shops as well. So I got to send Cece, I got to send you guys some stuff, Ryan. I don't know your favorite team, but I'll hook you up. Cece, I'm going to send you the Raiders stuff. Vegas Raiders, baby. The Raiders guys. Hey, Michael, you know, I'm, you know I'm all blue, man. I was stomping out with you in 2007, all right? Hey, y'all – Send me the sizes. I'm going to send y'all some stuff, but it's great stuff in partnership with G3 in the NFL. Like I said, all 32 teams, we got you covered, man. Men and oh, women. That's dope. And you that's got schmediums, I'm hoping. I'm sure you have plenty of schmediums for, for my, uh, my no, little time No, body, no, right? you, you, you're no. You're more of a XS extra small. <laughs> just, just looking at my camera right here. Youth, he's a youth large guy. Yeah, youth youth large. Large. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, my, Michael, you're amazing, man. Thank you for giving us so much time and 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 for your thoughts, your wisdom, and and for the Super Bowl. You know, in in February of 2008, too. I'm gonna thank you every time I see you for that as well. Yeah, man. So I'm thankful too, brother. We I watched it for the first time during quarantine when Fox re-aired it. Nice. And I'm on the and I was on the group chat with the defensive line. We all stay in touch and, and you know, me and my but the guys. So we all watched it for the first time. And wow. I tell you, I, I was like, man, them boys were out there balling. <laughs> <laughs> You're not paying attention. You watch, I'm like, man, this day. Chuck, OC, Fred, everybody was killing Y'all was man. getting after it, bro. Y'all won that game. Yeah, I, I tell you what, I ain't gonna lie, I was surprised the way we, we played, but I mean that was that was a that was a hell of a win, man. So that's something to be proud of. I'll never forget it. I remember I remember leading up to that week though, like the whole press. Like I remember you saying, like, don't count like yeah, this okay, D line, I'm telling y'all. What long <laughs> score 17 <laughs> points? <laughs> okay. Yeah, four no, what did no? Practical said the score was going to be 14 to 10 or something. Well, yeah. And Brady go, oh, we're going to score 14 points. Uh, oh, all right. All right. Well, that's all you still have. <laughs> 17 14 oh, will man. be the final score you gotta send that text message to him every once in a while and remind him about that michael yes but i appreciate you guys having me man it's always fun and i love the fact that you guys talk about you talk about everything you know sports is one thing but you guys talk about everything and and, and i think it's important to just let keep people informed first and foremost and, and secondly to see you know in cc's case like all right you're an athlete you're great at that but you're great at other things too man you really oh, are, brother. So I'm proud of you, man. Continue to do your thing. Oh, R2C2. 
Stray's been on here two times. Two times. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, you're the best. Thank you, man. Appreciate you, big bro. That was awesome.